This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I'm Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm your host, Luke Allen. I'm joined today with special guest Ron Sexsmith, who did the song featured in the film Golden Them Hills. So, Ron, I mean, I guess Golden Them Hills, the more I listen to it, the more beautiful, especially in this this current climate, it's just so wonderful. So when did you, you. when did you first find out that Richard Curtis wanted to use it in the film? Um, I didn't. I actually I didn't know it was in the film until Richard invited me to. Um, it was like a private screening of About Time, um, oh. and I was in London because I played the Royal Albert Hall, and I actually flew my parents over. They'd never been to England, so it was really nice, you know, you know, uh, to, to also invite them to this private screening, you know, so which was kind of unexpected. And that's, I didn't know it was in the film until the, the, that scene came along. And, uh, so I was very, uh, I was blown away, you know. And I talked to Richard after and he told me that he'd been trying to get that song in one of his movies since, um, Love Actually, I think, you know. So I think he just finally found the right, uh, scene for it or something. Mm, and I mean, the, the more I listen to your back catalogue music, I mean, as even just as an amateur filmmaker, almost every song of yours I listen to, I think I could use this in something. <laughs> like I think they they've just got that sort of wonderful feeling where you know that almost any of your music mm. could make a scene in a film emotional. So I mean, I, I haven't I actually haven't had much luck with that though. I mean, I think there's been you know here and there the, the odd song placement, but that was probably one of the more, the more prominent ones that I've had. I guess as soon as I can afford licensing, I'll use one of your, one of your tracks. Yeah. Were you a fan of Richard's stuff before seeing About Time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was, um, I think ever since Four Weddings and the Funeral, you know, I, I always liked his films. I've seen, I've seen them all. I really liked the one Pirate Radio, which mm. I, I know wasn't one of his more successful ones, but I liked that film a lot. But I felt, you know, About Time, and not just because my song was in it, but I just felt it had some of the most kind of emotional, resonance or something you know and uh yeah i I really enjoyed it but he's just he makes proper films you know they're Mm. heartwarming they're funny um they feel like a warm hug really yeah and i've always felt in a way i don't try to do that but i feel my music has been a bit like that it's sort of i try to write hopeful songs and funny songs and this and that so i think um you know sunny i I was working on an album called retriever once Uh, it was the album after the one that had Golden Hills on it. And and we got this call one day that Richard Curtis wanted to come by to meet me. So he came to the studio with, um, I guess, one of his assistants or something. And we just played him, played him a few tracks. But it was really, it was real, you know, an honor to meet him. Because, I, I mean, I didn't know at that time that he was a fan or anything. So, and, you know, recently, as recent as this past December, I was in England at a wedding and I got to spend some time with Richard there. So, but yeah, you know, he's a great guy, great director. And I'm just really happy to know him. Yeah, so, I mean, you said before that your your songs are often, you know, really hopeful. I mean, what what yeah. tends to come first, the the lyrics or the music? Well, with with Golden Hills, I wrote it right after, like I wrote it, I think, in 2000. My family had just fallen apart, and I was living, I was single for the first time in years, and I was living with my accountant, you know, and everything was sort of crammed into one bedroom, and I was kind of a little bit depressed, so I was trying to write a song that would make me feel better, and I was thinking of those old Depression-era songs that Bing Crosby used to sing, like Pennies from Heaven, or, mm. 
you know, accentuate the positive or something. So, so that's where the song came from. And I kept playing this riff on the piano, and the only lyrics I could think that went with it was "Gold in Them Hills." And I always thought, well, that's not very good, but I'll change that later, you know, once <laughs> I get the verses. And I, I, it was just sort of, I don't know, it just sort of popped into my head even before I had any other lyrics. And uh, but it, it just. It all came pretty easily once I got uh, on a roll with it. And it was actually the very first song I ever wrote on the piano, which in itself was I was kind of proud of because I, I'm, a la- I'm still a lousy piano player. But, but anyway. So was that like a hit near as soon as when it came out? Or what, what, what sort of following? Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a radio hit, but the thing that happened with that record is, you know, I, had, I, had, I struck up a friendship with Chris Martin from Coldplay on my previous record. And and so when they were mixing the album in Los Angeles, Chris stopped by the studio, and unbeknownst to me, he sang on it. He sang the second verse, and so so the record company, obviously, because it was Chris Martin, they're very excited about that. And so we did a video with me and him in it, and uh, we did a, a couple tours around North America. So, but the song never got a lot of radio interest. But in Canada, it, it was number one on one of the video channels just for the, the video for some which I thought was kind of strange but it it just became one of my most requested songs and you know people like Katie Malua covered it and and, and as well as others so but it, but it wasn't like a, a hit but the older i get it becomes more like one of in my own universe kind of a hit right mm. yeah cuz i say with golden them hills and actually the song from your from your latest album whatever shape your heart is in like they definitely yeah. feel so so relevant to this whole current climate about, you know, th- mm. this whole thing. I mean, even Ship of Fools, you know, they're, they're all yeah. about being being together and seeing the good in everything. And I think that's definitely the sort of message and the sort of music that the world yeah. needs now. I mean, I listened to um, Time Being while I was on just a walk the other day, and it was just like the most wonderful experience because I hadn't listened to that album mm. until the other week and just listened right. to it whilst out and among everything yeah. it's just such a beautiful experience yeah i mean it's i'm not you know very good at many things and this, so i you know with songwriting when i found i could write songs i just really wanted to apply myself and so i'm proud of the records i've made and i'm not always proud of my singing on them or something on the production but but yeah you know i've tried to write songs even if there were sad songs you know i want i don't want to be the master of one emotion you know i want to try to try to see the upside and um you know, and what, and the same with this new record. I, I think if it had been more of a sad or melancholy album, I probably wouldn't have released it until after the coronavirus passed, because I was just so relieved that it was sort of an upbeat, romantic record. Which, yeah, I mean, I think it. I no one expected to be going through what we're going through, but I, and I, I just want to, you know, I want to try to boost morale if possible or lift my own spirits in the process. So that's, yeah. And that's, I guess I always felt that's about Richard Curtis, his, his movies, you know. He probably even gets criticized for that. Like mm. some people used to criticize Steven Spielberg for the same thing, you know, for being sentimental or something. But I think there's a great sort of need for that. Like not just now, obviously more than ever now, but I think even before there was a need to, you know, go to a movie and not be horrified by it or disturbed by it, but to feel comforted by it, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I think the great thing about your music as well is it doesn't feel over-edited or anything like that. Like, it feels raw and it feels like quite a personal experience. Like, I mean, I, I found like, when I'm listening to it, it almost feels like you're singing directly to me or to whoever I'm sharing it with. That, that it doesn't have that, that grand feel, which can work with some music, yeah. but it, it's got such a wonderful 
intimate feel. And well, I think I, it's great that you've managed to keep that for so many years. I've always tried to, yeah, for me, it's always, I've always liked music that was more on a small scale. And I, even with movies, I like movies that are, are kind of, you know, not grandiose. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's an intimate thing. It sort of forces people to come to you as opposed to knocking them over the head. You know, I mean, I admire people who can write these big arena rock anthems and, you know, and all that. I, I just can't do that. So I sort of went the other way. I try to write little vignettes and, and songs that are kind of all sort of universal things, but are kind of small at the same time. So we tend to ask each guest when we have them on the show, being about about time, that if you could go mm. back in time to any moment in your life to either change something or just relive it or re-experience it, is there a moment in your life that you'd choose? Um, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, when I'm 56, so I've accumulated some regrets over the years, you know. But, but then, even in the, the things that you regret, there are often things that happened that... Uh, that wouldn't have happened otherwise, you know, that are good things, right? Yeah. You know, like when my family fell apart, you know, I I felt very guilty about that because I was away from home. I was acting like a lot of musicians act when they're on the road. But if if that hadn't fallen apart, I wouldn't have met Colleen, and that's been, like, one of the best things. So so there's all, it's just, you never really know. It's hard to have a knee-jerk reaction at the time. But, yes, yeah, so I really don't know. I mean, I, I had a happy childhood, so maybe I would go back and it's weird because it, on on the on paper it didn't look like a happy child because I didn't have a father or anything like that. But we lived on a street that was just filled with children, and so there was always something going on. And the music on the radio was always playing, and it just felt like a soundtrack. And so I just look back on that as a very sort of happy period, you know, from about age age three to about age nine. So if you had to recommend like or share one of your songs and tell our listeners to go out and listen to it, is there one? most that you want people to to hear um well my favorite one it was it was actually the first one that that we played for richard curtis when he came by the studio it was a song called i know it well and um it was the last song on my retriever record and and, I, and that was one album that i thought really turned out nice because there's some other records i'm or you know i'm proud of the songs but but you know i wish i could go back and re-sing it or something but that that song and that whole album i i thought you know came together in a nice way I'd imagine that music is like, in the same way, film that I heard from a director friend of mine at one point, that he said, the moment you make a perfect film, you've got nowhere to go from there. You're always going to, and I imagine it's the same with music, that you're always going to look at stuff with a sort of cynical view. You're never going to feel like it's complete. Well, that's the thing. There are albums that I love by other people that, to me, are like perfect albums. But And and same thing with movies. You know, certain movies, every frame is just perfect and every... It's not a false moment, but I'm sure if you were to talk to the director or the, you know, the artist who made the record, they would probably have all kinds of things that bugged them about him or something, you know, or things that they had to maybe compromise on. But uh, it's just hard to know. It's just amazing that, you know, that people are able to do it, to, to, to make these pieces of art. And, you know, I know that they're not considered essential services right now during COVID, yeah. but in a way they are essential, you know, mm. because... Uh, it is kind of like, you know, a food, food for the soul or whatever. You know, it's like, uh, it's the stuff that gives our lives meaning, all these chances to get together, you know, concerts and theater and all that. So I hope we can return to that at some point. I think that everyone's definitely getting a <coughs> lot more appreciation for such industries. I mean, what what sort of films and music do you tend to listen to or watch? Um, well, you know, I go through phases where you're really get into particular artists, like, like, 
you know, the last year or so, I've really been getting into the music of uh, Warren Zevon, who passed away in early 2000. I was always aware of him, and I was always intrigued by him, but it just recently I've been on this sort of obsession where I'm, you know, buying all his records and, and you know, reading a biography about him and stuff. Um, but I like, I just like a songwriter who has a point of view and a sense of humor and, you know, has a singular thing that you can't get anywhere else. And I, and for the most part, all the, the people I admire, like Nilsson or Randy Newman or Dylan, they all have that thing that, I don't know, I was, when I was starting out, that's, that was the kind of songwriter that I wanted to be, um, you know. And and what was the other question about movies? Yeah, you just what thing? sort of, yeah, films. Well, or... well, well, I love, you know, like, I guess my, one of my favorite filmmakers these days is Wes Anderson, because mm. I just think he's got that thing, he's really tapped into something that's, very whimsical and childlike and and his films just visually are stunning just to look at and uh so i'm always excited whenever he has a new new flick out you know he sort of reminds me of there's a spanish director called amadovar that i also really like but his his themes are a little more taboo than wes anderson but yeah i just like all those anyone who's who can tell a proper story and obviously you know richard richard knows what he's doing and yeah there's so many great filmmakers are there any others of your of your songs that you would want to see in a film like Golden Them Hills was, or are they uh, all so personal that it's hard to see them in a different context? No, I would be honored to see them in any film. There's, I think I have a lot of very, um, I mean, you know, film worthy songs, but but you never know because it, you know you you always think this song would be great for some scene, but but obviously it's the director's vision, and they're always uh, they have something in mind that you know it's just whether or not you fall into their lap and they, and you know, cause sometimes you can su- suggest a song and you get some pushback, like, Oh, that's not what I'm looking for. And then they see it in the scene and it's like, Oh, well, I guess that, I think that happened with Richard even, like I say, I think he tried Golden Hills in different scenes in Love Actually and maybe even Notting Hill or something, but it just didn't, it just didn't work with the, with the images. So, but I, any, any song, I, you know, even if it was in a commercial, I wouldn't mind, you know, it's just, it's just nice to know that the songs of the catalog is being worked, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm not fussy about any of that stuff. I mean, I don't want it to be in a horrible <laughs> slash, you know, slasher film or something, maybe. But but I guess depending on the song. But I don't know. It's just at this point, I'll just you know, you just take whatever comes your way if it if it seems like a good thing. So, so I think it's quite. It's always surprised me that you. I mean, you've made it, you know really successful but it's always surprised me that you haven't made it further with some of these songs and stuff i mean to go back to the the sort of intimate feel what i've loved recently is i see on your youtube channel you've just been doing those like yeah. little covers on there and it, it does just it it has that personal feel that you i think you you've you've managed to say so sort of grounded to make it seem so mm. just just like you're watching a friend perform or seeing someone in a pub or whatever it's not got that as we said yeah. that that grand, far-off celebrity feel to it. You, you know, you, your your music feels like it's from someone you know. Yeah. Well, even with these videos, you know, they're very amateurish. I mean, it looks like they film me in, in reverse too, right? So it looks like I'm backwards, and I don't have a proper microphone, so they don't sound great. But I think for me, the, the main thing was because I've been doing these videos for years. But but when COVID started, I decided I'm not going to do covers. I'm just going to do do my songs. You know, and I started doing one from each record in a you know in in order of how the records came out you know so that's 14 and, and now i'm already on my 
see, you know, the sixth series of it. So it's all over 80 songs that I've been doing since this started. So I don't know how much long, longer I can keep doing it. But I think the thing that people like about it, you know, I try to dress up. I wear a suit jacket. It's not just me in my pajamas in my kitchen or something. So I'm just trying. Again, it's all part of, you know, I do these stupid puns on Twitter as well. So it's, it's sort of to boost people's spirits while we're going through this sort of nightmare. And, and the videos, I think, and I've been trying to pick songs that were, again, sort of uplifting and, and all that. So, um, but I'm glad people, people are enjoying them because, uh, because that was sort of my intention. I was hoping to, I didn't want to be just complete, you know, dead weight. <laughs> you know, I want to try to make myself useful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today to talk yeah. about Golden Lamb Hills because, yeah, it's it had such a, I mean, genuinely, every time that moment comes up in the film, it, it makes me tear up and every, the, the, the song just, yeah hits something so wonderful and something I mean I've been sending it around to so many people during this period to be like yeah. let's look at the the positives in all this I mean I made like mm-hmm. a, a very small scale video which wasn't released anywhere just yeah. for my just for my church group where I'd filmed Beautiful. different stuff that yeah. was going on and I mean mixed it with the bible verse from Joshua about you know not being discouraged and Oh, it's amazing. I think it's, yeah, I mean, I can send it over to you if you're interested, but it's... Yeah, like, sure, yeah, just whatever you want to send it away. Thing, that's uh, that's it's, fine. It's just, it, it's something that clicked, and it was just... Yeah the, yeah, the more I started looking at all these things, and the more I listened to the song, it just seemed so... Well, I realise I'm repeating myself here quite a bit, yeah. but... So, where can our listeners find you on social media? Um, well, I'm on Twitter. I, I don't do Facebook, but I have, there's a Facebook, yeah. And I have a website, ronsexman.com. And, uh... Yeah, but mostly I'm active on Twitter, and, uh... I do have an Instagram account, but I don't know how to use it because I don't have a cell phone. So I, so I just, I just opened it up because my daughter was on Instagram and I wanted to see what she was up to, you know, because she lives in Florida. So yeah, I gotta say, in, in Instagram is really annoying when you try and open it on a computer. It's uh, yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah, I just all I can do is look at things. I can't post anything. So, but uh, but Twitter, you know, I can do videos, I can do photos, all sorts of things. So that's so I just mostly hang out there. Brilliant, and obviously, you, you know, you were. A- interactive enough for me to just be able to drop you a tweet and get yeah. in touch so i think it is great that you're able to to stay in touch yeah. with us so much um so we tend to end each episode with just an odd random or interesting way to say goodbye do you yeah. know of any odd or interesting <laughs> goodbyes for us to finish this off with i realize i should have asked you beforehand I always well forget. it's a tough one uh goodbye um man what are people saying what, like other words like farewell or something i don't no, know we don't we've done just standard stuff like farewell or Cheerio, and then we've gone to just strange rhyming phrases. So yeah, anything. <laughs> uh, you could, uh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, there's always what's that one? Don't let the screen door hit you on your way out, or something like that. I don't think we, I don't yeah. think we've had that one so far, so we can use that. Thank you so much, Ron, for yeah. all right. To do this. Yeah, great. To, uh, yeah, glad this worked out. So uh, let me know when it airs or something. So. Yeah, bro, we'll do. Thanks a lot. Thanks. thanks. Bye. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, bye. I know it doesn't seem that way But maybe it's the perfect day Even though the bills are piling Maybe Lady Luck ain't smiling But if we'd only open our eyes We'd see the blessings in disguise And all the rain clouds are fountains Though our troubles seem like
chance to start Every now and then life says Where do you think you're going so fast We're apt to think it grew but sometimes It's a case of cruel to be kind And if we'd get up off our knees Well then we'd see the forest for the trees And we'd see the new sun rising Over the hills on the horizon gold in them hills There's gold in them hills So don't lose faith Give the world a chance to say A word or two, my friend There's no telling how the day might end The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions.